I'm Kaylee Arrett, and you're listening to episode 13 of Me When I'm Free. Who is this me when I'm free, and why does it even matter? This is the question that has spurred me on for years now. It's led me down some dark roads of healing and up joyful mountains of calling and to this moment right now, still on the journey and inviting you to join me. If it really is true that the glory of God is man or woman fully alive, then it would appear that God would want this even more than we do. But why? Why is this important to him? Doesn't he have more important things to attend to than whether or not we know ourselves and what we have to bring to the world? These are some of the questions I want us to explore together each week through a simple story, a few moments of reflection, and space to pray. Join me, friend. If you were to stop by my house for a visit, I would welcome you in and pour you a cup of Trader Joe's dark roast coffee. I'd invite you to put your feet up in my cozy recliner and set your mug on one of my colorful handmade fabric coasters. You'd likely ask me if I sewed the coasters and I would smile and say, no, no, I am not crafty. These are a gift from my mom. Aren't they lovely? Then you might note the colorful display of pictures and prints on the gallery wall in my living room, and I'd tell you that they are the work of my talented friend Heidi. And then maybe you'd notice the whitewashed fireplace and bookshelves decorated in a Pinteresty type fashion, and I would point out that I had nothing to do with any of it. The whole thing was a surprise from my husband while I was away for a week. This conversation could continue throughout my entire house if you wanted a tour. You. Lovely kitchen. Me. Thanks. We won it from a home makeover show. (laughs) You can't make this stuff up, friend. You. That closet office is pretty. Me. Thanks. My cousin designed and decorated it for me. You ugly bathroom. Me. That's all me. (laughs) Although we do currently have friends who are threatening to break into our house to redo that too. In case you haven't guessed it, decorating is just not my thing, but I sure do love that it is other people's thing and that they have blessed me with their gift. My house has become a tapestry of other people's gifting. This has become a kind of metaphor for life for me. We all bring gifts to the table when we learn to not only give, but also to receive gifts freely. We learn how to flourish and also how to reflect God's relational character into the world more fully. I like how Henry Nouwen described this truth in his book, Bread for the Journey. 
A mosaic consists of thousands of little stones. Some are blue, some are green, some are yellow, some are gold. When we bring our faces close to the mosaic, we can admire the beauty of each stone. But as we step back from it, we can see that all these little stones reveal to us a beautiful picture, telling a story none of these stones can tell by itself. That is what our life and community is about. Each of us is like a little stone, but together we reveal the face of God to the world. Nobody can say, I make God visible, but others who see us together can say, they make God visible. Community is where humility and glory touch. I am drawn to this image from now in, and particularly to the last line. Community is where humility and glory touch. In this quest for wholeness, it's possible to begin to believe that this journey is all about me and my freedom. But part of wholeness is recognizing and embracing our emotional, physical, and spiritual limitations. We indeed have been created in God's image to reflect his glory. But in our limited humanity, in our sin and our brokenness, we are only able to reflect one small facet of who he is. It is this humility that will begin to open our eyes to the greater story being written with our lives. We are one small part in the kingdom of God. But oh, what a kingdom it is when every part shows up fully reflecting God's glory. So far, this podcast series has focused on two important questions that each person needs to answer to live into their place in God's kingdom. They are, who am I and what do I have to offer? But there is one more question to be asked that is just as important as the first two. It is, what do I need to receive? As fully as I may live into my identity as God's deeply loved child, I am incomplete on my own. I am made to live in community, opening myself up to knowing and being known. When I consider the idea of receiving from others, I think of the term vulnerability. Recognizing that I need to receive the gifts of love that others have to offer is to open myself up to emotional risk. It is to admit that I have need and that I cannot meet it on my own. And yet, if I am able only to give love and not receive it, my wholeness is incomplete. In this, there is a tension. Most of us have experienced some degree of hurt, betrayal, or abandonment in community. At some point, it becomes easier to close ourselves off to more emotional risk. But when we deny our humanity, shame enters into the picture, and our humanity, created in the image of God, was designed for love and belonging. Kurt Thompson writes in Anatomy of the Soul, There is something each of us wants more, even more than the air we breathe. 
connection. While connection may not be our top need for immediate physical survival, our creator has formed us in such a way that there is nothing more crucial to our long-term welfare. In fact, virtually every action we humans take is part of the deeper attempt to connect with other humans. So what we all need is connection, whether we categorize as introvert or extrovert, shy or outgoing, we were designed to connect to other humans deeply. So when I lead worship or write words or when I admit I need help decorating my home or tell a counselor I'm struggling with shame, the underlying desire and what I'm offering in all of these moments is connection, a leaning into gifting and an invitation for others to do the same. Kurt goes on to write, another term that reflects this idea of connection is attachment. He explains that our brains were designed to work within community. Our identity is fundamentally relational. Therefore, we cannot live fully into who we are meant to be without learning to attach to others in a healthy, loving way. But for many of us, there have been ruptures in our attachment to others, often beginning with our primary caregivers when we enter the world. As a result, we question the love that others offer us, that God offers us, because too often we have experienced our relationships as transactional, a sort of give and take, a series of calculated moves in order to remain in a relationship. As a result, we learn unhealthy attachment patterns. Either we become overly attached or we become dismissive of others rather than relationally secure. Andy Kolber writes in her book, Try Softer. Research confirms that we will likely project whatever attachment styles we adopt from our caregivers onto our relationship with God. So often the way to heal our relationship with God begins by healing our relationship with others in safe, loving communities. Time holds me back from sharing what this has looked like for me in this episode. I hope to unpack it more in future episodes. It hasn't been a linear journey, and it is one that I am still on. But I agree with Andi when she goes on to say, while there is no formulaic way for us to progress toward earned, secure attachment with God or others, this work is about giving ourselves permission to receive the love that is available to us. Here is what I am learning to be true. The mosaic of God's kingdom invites us into relationships where we are free not only to give love, but to receive it, to admit need, and to meet it, to show up fully and invite others to do the same. It is a place where we find joy in each other's presence. When we experience this kind of secure relational love, it changes us and we make God visible. It is where humility and glory touch. And so today, friend, I leave you with these questions and some space to reflect. If it's helpful, I invite you to grab a journal to jot these thoughts down and ponder them throughout the week. 
Question one. When you consider this idea of receiving love, what emotions surface for you? Does it feel vulnerable, risky? Let me just invite you to take a minute to reflect on whatever surfaces during this question. And question two, if you have struggled to find spaces of healthy, loving attachment in community, as many have, could I invite you to simply notice that gap in your life? Would you take a minute just to name this to Jesus and ask him if there is a step you can take in that direction? Sometimes the first step is simply to admit your need. Then would you take a moment to reflect with me and maybe even journal John 15 verses five and nine. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Let's pray. Jesus, you invite us into a relationship with you that is safe and secure. And you also want the same for us in our earthly relationships. We admit that often this feels risky and sometimes unattainable. Would you open our eyes to a step we can take to learn to attach in healthy and loving ways in your kingdom? It is in your strong name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of Me When I'm Free. I hope you'll continue to join me on this journey toward wholeness. I'd love a traveling companion. My hope is that you'll see yourself in these stories that I share here. And if nothing else, you'll feel less alone. If you'd like to connect throughout the week, you can find me at Kaylee Errett on Facebook and Instagram or at KayleeArrett.com. And if you haven't yet, I'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast and I'd be delighted if you left a review. Thanks for listening, friend. Let's meet back here next week.